Let's pray. Lord God, as we conclude this series today, we're all in this together as we talk about all these generations. Lord, help us to understand more about ourselves, more about each other, and how we can collectively work together to reach all generations. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the God of all generations. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I begin the message for today, um, as Pastor Mike mentioned last week, we've suspended the building campaign um, for now. We just weren't able to get enough um, commitment at this point to build that the Fellowship Hall. And, and he said some very important things last week that, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are still going really good. I mean, God is, is, must have a different plan. And someday we see that plan, it's going to all make sense. But the bottom line is, I thought about this last week, that we are the church. A church is not a building. A church is a people. And I believe it's a time for we as a congregation to be building our faith and our lives. And, and as we build as God's people, then a church becomes stronger. And a couple months ago, most of us made a commitment on a Sunday to, to grow in God's Word. We filled out some commitment cards. We brought them up front. And and I really want to encourage us to keep pushing forward with that. A lot of exciting things are happening. We're seeing growth as far as worship attendance. We're seeing more people um, involved in Bible study now than, than ever. But we want to encourage you to keep growing in the Word of God. And I know a lot of you are in a Bible study, but there's also other options too. And we put them online, some of those options. And one is um, a thing It's called the God Connects. It's from Lutheran Our Ministry, and it's a a study of what we as Lutheran Christians believe, some very well done videos, and for those that want to just focus on the fundamentals of our Christian faith as Lutherans. Another um, thing you can click on online is, is called The Bible Project, and great summaries of different books of the Bible and different topics in the Bible that are very interesting, very well done videos, and encourage you to check that out. And a third thing is a project I've been working on, it's called Through the Bible in a Year. And what it has, first of all, there's a reading schedule for what you read each day. It's found online, and it's, um, we have copies of it out here in our information center. And the thing about it is you can jump in at any time. And maybe some of you got behind. Maybe start in January you got behind. What I encourage is jump back in where we're at today. And online what you'll see is the reading schedule for the week. There's also a worksheet you can download that has questions for the readings for that week. And then at the end of the week, there is a video you click that I put together that summarizes what you read for that week to kind of guide you through it. If you want to go deeper, on Wednesdays I do an online Bible study starting at 6.30. You can go to the website and click. There's an icon there to join the study and you can, you can participate. Or you can just kind of be in the background and we won't even know you're there. But another way to go deeper into um, through the Bible because I believe and you know God's Word is so clear that, that the deeper we get into His Word, the more we grow, the stronger we become in our faith, and the more God's going to do amazing things through us. So I believe it's a season for us to keep growing in our faith in Jesus Christ and growing in his word. And today we're finishing up our series called We're All in This Together, and we've looked through all the different generations. You know, we've taken a look at the, the builders, the boomers, Gen X, Gen Y. Today is Gen Z. Unlike the video, our definition is... is uh, starting in 2001 to the present. And also, unlike the video, I didn't like the beginning of that video, it showed a monkey person. Um, the bottom line is God has created all of us. We are special creations of God. And he's a special plan for each and every one of us of every generation. And some of the names for Generation Z, um, of course, Generation Z, the iGens, the Centennials, because they're starting a whole you know, new um, century, basically, being born in this new century. The Founders, 
They're founding basically a new century. The throwback generation. I find that title very interesting because what they're finding is there's a lot of affinity to this generation back to the builders. The millennials are called echo boomers and, and um, you know, Gen X is, is in a lot of ways is also similar between Gen X and, and generations. You'll talk about that in a little bit. But they're seeing a lot of these younger people have an affinity to what was in the past. And we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Formative experiences. The aftermath of 9-11. That was a huge event that impacted all generations, but this generation grew up in the aftermath of it. Terrorism, global terrorism, even um, local terrorism in our own country. The Great Recession, which was, you know, pretty a phenomenal thing as far as a very difficult thing for a lot of people. And only the Great Depression surpassed um, that period of time as far as a difficulty with our economy. Huge advancements in technology. Technology is advancing at rates are just, it's hard for us to keep up with it. It's kind of, you know, even to think about what's going to happen in the future. What's going to be the next thing? And they keep finding more and more things as far as technology. The onset of social media. Diverse and changing society. Society is changing rapidly. Changing family models. For we as Christians, we see God's plan for family, but our society is reshaping how family looks. Post-Christian ideology. We're living in what's called the post-Christian era. And this generation is the first generation to grow up um, in that time period. Characteristics. will be highly educated. Okay, the first wave is now in college. And they're going to college in droves. And part of that is, you know, the millennials before them, a huge generation numerically. You know, they're flooding the job force right now. And so Generation Z sees that if they're going to compete, they're going to need um, a lot of education to do so. The same thing happened for Generation X. They followed the boomers who kind of flooded the job market. And Gen X had to, you know, turn out to be incredible entrepreneurs to find their way. They're not the slackers that some thought they were going to be. They're entrepreneurs. We've seen the same thing now with, with Gen Z. In fact, a lot of these young people, even teens, are starting their own businesses even online. Fiscally conservative. Unlike the millennials and the boomers who are kind of very materialistic, this generation is showing um, a willingness and desire to save money. They're looking at the future and they're thinking, you know what? I'm not going to have Social Security someday. So I better start saving now. A lot of them, even in their teenage years, are starting to save money. Motivated to work. It's going to be a, a very highly driven generation. Have always grown up with technology. Technology has always been a main part of their life. In fact, the average youth of today, they get their first smartphone when they're 10 years old. And I personally think that's too young, folks. And we'll talk about why that in a little bit. They're involved greatly in social media. This is one of the reasons why I think it's difficult for them to get phones too early. Social media, I believe, is not really good for our young people. I saw a... Um, a commentary this last week on TV about from a psychiatrist talking about how difficult our young people are having as far as just being branded certain ways and just how difficult things are online for them and some of the negative things are being said um, to kids. But social media also, you think about the influencers on social media, some of the people they're looking up to, they're not good role models. It's a fake world. And why is that? Because the next part here, it talks about their brand managers. What do they do online? They're creating a what? A brand. 
And quite often the brand is not who they are. And they have to live up to that brand. And so often it's about, they feel it's for acceptance. But yet they're creating this brand that's beyond themselves and, and they have to live up to it. It creates a great deal of stress and anxiety in their lives. And some of the things that are being said on social media are, are terrible. And these kids take this to heart. And the rates of depression and stress on younger people are higher than they ever have been in history. They have an eight-second filter. We saw that in the video. If you don't get their attention in eight seconds, guess what? They're gone. They're thinking about something, something else. In fact, for those who are Gen Z here today, if I didn't get your attention in eight seconds, you're thinking about something else right now. You're not even hearing a word I'm saying. I'm, a, I'm like this ghost up here right now. You have eight seconds to catch their attention. But once you catch their attention, they go deep into things they're interested in. If they're interested in it, they are going to go deep. You see, they have all these choices, all these options. They only have so much time. And when they find something that they like, they go deeply into it. That's why it's so important for we as a church to really get their attention. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. They are politically more conservative than some of the previous generations. They're under a lot of stress. They're very diverse. Here's something interesting. When I grew up as a boomer, we all listened to what kind of music? Rock and roll. Okay? You ask young people today what kind of music they listen to, what are you going to find? Complete diversity. One might like classic rock. Another one likes country. Another one likes rap. Some like big bands. Some like the, the music from the 40s, you know, last century. Very diverse as far as their music. Very diverse as far as a lot of things. They have a lot of choices to choose from. When I grew up, we had three channels on TV, okay? And if our antenna was strong enough on a certain day, we could pick, get a fourth one. Now they have hundreds of stations to choose from, and that's just TV. You look at all the options they have online. Incredible diversity this leads to. They're not afraid to speak up. They're not afraid. This is a vocal generation. And they put themselves out there on YouTube channels, all different types of things. And um, even lately, a lot of press about the Covington youth. The situation took place at the pro-life rally in Washington, D.C. And this um, one you know, teenager in particular that was maligned falsely by certain uh, media groups. And now he and his family and their attorneys are going after some of the largest you know, media sources in the country. Taking them on for saying things that they shouldn't have said. This is a generation I believe is going to stand up. But I want to say something about the parents of this generation um, before I move on. And this is, again, these are generalizations. You know, Pastor Mike last week talked about the millennials' parents as being like helicopter parents, kind of hovering over their kids. This generation Z, a lot of the parents, they, they don't call them helicopter parents. They call them lawn mower parents. Do you know Why? Because they're mowing the path for their kids. And we saw a prime example of this the last couple of weeks with this whole college um, entrance thing where people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to get their kids into the most prestigious schools. And so sometimes I guess they're being called lawnmower parents. But again, very much of a generalization. Other things. Attitudes towards Christianity. This is the first generation born in the post-Christian era. Around 40% are calling themselves non-religious. And that, folks, should catch our attention. 20 years ago, 4% of our country described themselves as being non-religious. Now it's what? 40% of this young generation saying that they're non-religious. 
We need to turn that around. We've got to do something about that, folks. The vast majority of this generation has had little scriptural training. You know, my generation, 75%, we weren't, went to Sunday school. We're kind of forced to do that. We went. I'm glad I went. And, but this current generation, only about 25% or fewer are involved in any type of formalized Sunday school. That's, that's alarming. And I want to stop there for a second. You know, we have an amazing program here, Keeping the Promise. And this is really one of the best programs I've ever seen for young people, starting from a very early age. And really want to encourage parents and grandparents, make sure your kids are, are being trained, brought up, on knowing God's Word. For those that um, embrace Christianity, many are willing to dig deeper into their faith and are very committed to sharing their faith. Since they are a minority, those that believe, sometimes they feel like they're swimming upstream against the culture they're in. It's forcing them to be very strong in their faith. And I think this is a good thing because Jesus said, go make disciples, not just believers. He wants for his followers to be deep in faith. And we're seeing that the believers of this generation are strong in faith. The last part of this one is they are spiritually interested, but many are not willing to be involved in organized religion. They're interested in finding out about Jesus, but they're not always very interested in being part of an organized church. That's why we believe an online presence is very important to reach this generation and just direct contact with them face-to-face in real life. What do churches need to do? Number one, reach them through technology that they identify with. We have to use their technology, okay? Technology can be a thing for the good or a thing for the bad. We need to get their attention within their eight-second filter. Now, I was thinking about this as far as kind of pulling the five generations together. The builder generation wants a faith they can understand. The boomers want a faith they can feel. Generation X, they want a faith that's relevant. Generation Y wants a faith where they can connect. I believe Generation Z is asking for a faith that gets their, gets their attention. And so, Pastor Mike and myself, every week we have to pull together a sermon and somehow <clears throat> reach all these generations that are so diverse. Can you start to see the differences from one generation to another? There's never been a time in history we've seen such diversity. Next, help them in dealing with the great stress they're facing. They're dealing with a lot of stress, folks. Get them involved in the life of the church. Like today when you came in, in church, was it kind of neat to see a couple of our young people out there handing out the, the bulletins? Get them involved in the life of the church. Listen to them and respond to their needs. One of the best ways to listen to them, ask them questions. You know, Jesus was a master teacher and his whole thing was asking a lot of questions at time and getting people involved in the conversation. Sit down with young people and just ask them questions and find out what's going on in their lives. Your, your kids, your grandkids, great-grandkids, whatever the situation. Next is provide the ministries that meet their needs. This is so important. Find the ministries that will meet their needs. You know, we have um, two very dedicated leaders you know, with our young people, Randy Horner and Mike Edge. And they always are looking for more people to help them with those ministries to our young people. And if you really have a passion to reach other generations, especially younger generations, 
Talk to them. Find ways to get maybe more involved in the life of our church and in serving our younger people. Now, every week we talk about a person in the Bible that kind of describes that generation. And the person that we chose for Generation Z is Peter. Why? The first one is this. He was not afraid to speak his mind. Okay, Peter was the kind of guy that either he said something amazing or sometimes he said something that was completely maybe off the wall. An example we saw in, in what we heard a little bit ago that, um, that um, James read about you know, Jesus, he came to the disciples and he asked a question. Notice how he does that. So who do people say I am? You know, he's the guy that knew all the answers, but yet he's asking questions to involve them in the process. So all some say you're John the Baptist or Elijah, you're one of the prophets. Then he dials in the question deeper. Well, who do you say that I am? And who responds? Peter. He's the first one to respond. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my spirit. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Peter was the one who says that. He says an amazing thing there. And just a few verses later, he says something else. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. One minute he's saying something incredible. Next minute, maybe something a little bit off. But Jesus loved him. He wasn't afraid to speak his mind. Same with this Generation Z. The next point, he was a natural leader. I see the same characteristics in this generation coming up. Natural leaders. He was like the leader of the disciples. There was a 12, but so often it was Peter, James, and John who got involved in more leadership opportunities than the other nine. He denied Jesus. Three times before Jesus died, Peter denies him. This generation Z, not only are some denying, some are rejecting Jesus. But just as Jesus loved Peter, Jesus loves his generation. And after he rose... Jesus goes to Peter and three times says, Peter, do you what? Do you love me? And Peter said, I love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. And and Jesus said three times what? Basically, feed my sheep or feed my lambs. And Peter took that to heart. You see, he went on to not only be reinstated, but become one of the greatest Christian leaders of all times. He went out and he taught the word of God. And he impacted the lives of thousands and thousands of people in his time, in his generation. But since then, he's impacted millions of people. And here we are talking about him today. He went out and took the word of God to people in, in different parts of the world, of all generations of that time. And ultimately, he ended up in Rome, where he's put on trial and condemned for his faith. And he was going to be put to death. He says, you know what? I'm not worthy to die the same way as Jesus. He was crucified upside down. What a man of amazing faith. What a great leader. And I see Gen Z, the ones that carry that torch. In fact, people of all generations, what a great example for all of us is how Peter lived his life. Now, I want to tell you a story to bring this all together. There was a church right across the street from a college campus. It was a more traditional church, and they didn't get a lot of the students. In fact, students hardly ever went over there because they just heard it's a very traditional church and kind of closed to younger people. And, but one day, there was a boy on campus named Billy, and he had a rough night, Saturday night partying, and just woke up with a terrible hangover and thinking, my life is a mess. 
I need some help. He put on his jeans and a ripped up t-shirt and walked across the street. About 10 minutes late for the service, he walked in the back and the, the service is going on. It happened to be a Sunday where this, the sanctuary is pretty full. He starts walking up the center aisle and he can't find a place to sit. There's some rows that had room in the middle, but the people on the end kind of just like, you know, shouldered them off, like not letting them in. And so he walks all the way in front of the church and there's no place to sit. And so he sits right on the floor in the front of the church. And these people are looking thinking, what's that kid doing? Wearing those jeans and that ripped up t-shirt. What's he doing here? In the back there was this elder and he um, he's also served as an usher that day and very well-known person in the church in his 80s. And he began to slowly walk up from the back towards the front with his cane very slowly and people are thinking, ah, he's going to set that kid straight. Finally, someone's going to set that kid straight. He walked up to the front. He sets his cane down. He gets down on the floor. It's every effort it took for him to get down. He sat on the floor next to this kid and worshiped with him for the rest of the service. And on that day, that kid made a new friend. Someone became his mentor. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do for this generation. There's a lot of things we see in society that we may not agree with. But Jesus makes something very clear. We are to love who? Everybody. We need to love this generation. We need to love every generation. And the whole purpose of this series is it's a call to action. And right now I want to ask for anybody here today, and a lot of them are in Sunday school right now, that was born from 2001 to the present, raise your hand. And we thank God for you. You are so special. In fact, I'm going to just kind of hold, what's, Charles John. This is Charles John. This is not just our future. This is our present. We need these guys. Let's give Generation Z a hand. You know, as we um, bring this sermon to a conclusion, I want to kind of recap everything really quick. And we start out this way, I want to end this way. Every generation is sinful. Every generation is sinful. Every generation has impact on all the generations that follow. Each generation impacts all the other generations. Generations may change, but God never changes. We don't change the word of God, but we need to reach people where they're at with his unchanging word. Every generation needs Jesus. He's the answer for time. He's the answer for eternity. And every generation is called upon to pass this faith on to the generations that follow. Three words in concluding. Understanding. Acceptance. Forgiveness. My friends, we're all in this together. We need each other Every generation is important. Every person matters. And we're going to close the series the way we started it, with a focus verse from Joel chapter 1, verse 3. And I want us to say these words together. Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children, 
and their children to another generation. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for every generation, and today we specially lift up Generation Z. Lord, I thank you for those in this generation that believe. And I pray for you to let your spirit work through them in more powerful ways than ever before. Because so often they feel like they're outnumbered and so often they're beaten down because they believe in Jesus. They believe in you, Lord. Give them strength. Give them comfort. Help them to grow as leaders like Peter. And Father God, I pray for all the generations. Help us all to come together individually and collectively to be your church in greater ways. To be a church that is willing to make sacrifices. It's not about us. So often, Lord, we, we may have things we want a certain way, but when it comes right down to it, with the diversity we face in this world, we have to realize it can't always be our way. But it's got to be the way that's best for the building up of your kingdom without compromising your word in any way. Lord, help us to rise up as your church, to be the church of all generations, just as you are the God of all generations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.